Hello everyone, my name is JT Wistersill and I'm excited to welcome you to another edition of the From the Stands podcast. On today's show, we're going to be going over the biggest storylines from week one of the NFL season. I have chosen what I believe are the eight biggest things or my biggest takeaways that have happened from NFL kickoff weekend. It was so great to have football back and let's dive in right away with my first of eight big takeaways. So number one, the Cowboys offense is going to be a problem this season. So we kick this list off with NFL kickoff night last Thursday when the Buccaneers defeated the Cowboys 31-29. to The game was a lot closer than people expected it to be overall. And I just came away with this game thinking, wow, this is a really good Buccaneers defense that the Cowboys are giving a ton of problems to. And on paper, the Cowboys offense looked really good, but we still wanted to see it all come together and see if it would work. Also, you get offensive coordinator Kellen Mond going into a couple seasons with the team now. How is he going to his second season with the team, how is that going to work? How is he going to come along? And ends up working out really well. As he, I thought he did a really good job this game managing things. So first, Dak Prescott. I mean, how good did Dak look? His first game back from that gruesome injury he suffered last season. 403 yards, three touchdowns, 42 for 58. Threw the one pick, but the one pick was one C.D. Lamb should have caught. It went right through his hands. I was really impressed with Dak. thought he moved around the pocket well. He took some tough shots and got up. And he's just a tough guy we know as well. And he's gonna he's one of the best leaders in the sport to me, and I really think he's going to be able to lead this offense. The other real positive for this offense was that wide receiver combination for them of Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb. Would include Michael Gallup in that if he didn't get hurt in this game. We would miss him three weeks. But C.D. looks like that all-star dude potential that made him such a steal. I believe they got him at the 18th pick a year ago, which is just two years ago, which is just insane to think he went that far back in the draft. Amari Cooper, he said going into this season, he thinks he's the best in the league, but he hasn't proven it to the world yet. And he didn't have world's best receiver stat line, but 13 catches for 139 yards and two touchdowns is but definitely one of the best wide receiver stat lines you're going to see for a game. And I believe he is right up there in that top 10 wide receiver range. To me, he's a 10 to 5 guy. I don't think he's a top 5 guy. But he Coop is really good and a really good route runner. Also, the offensive line really came together for this team. It's unfortunate that you don't have Zach Martin in game one, which I did think Connor McGovern stepped in and did a really good job at that right guard spot holding down guys like Nadabakin Sue and Vita Vea about as well as you can. Vita Vea did have a really good game for the Buccaneers as well. But then also, if you look at it, Tyron Smith looked incredible coming back from his injury. And Lyle Collins looked really good too. Unfortunately, he just got hit with a PED suspension though, and he won't be able to play anymore going forward for them for the next five weeks. So he's a huge loss. But overall, I think Tyler Beatish, former Wisconsin center, now Cowboys center, he looked pretty good as well, kind of assuming that starting role. It's a void they've been trying to fill since Frederick retired a year ago. And Zach Martin coming back is going to only continue to help stabilize that offensive line. I'm a little bit concerned with Zeke. I just don't think he's that same. He's, I don't think he's a top 10 running back anymore. I really think the drop-off's that bad. There are multiple plays where he had one guy to beat, and he just can't beat. The key, key one being that what should have been a touchdown to the outside, but he can't get past his man. So Zeke looked all right, but thankfully it's a good enough offensive line. It's going to move teams around. So I was really impressed with this Dallas offense. Also, I wasn't really surprised by the Buccaneers' per- production a little bit, but I did think Tom Brady looked incredible. I mean, 379, four touchdowns, and the two interceptions. One of those was the halftime one that shouldn't even count, and the other one was a very catchable ball to Leonard Fournette. Was the ball placement perfect by Brady on the screen pass? No. Will Fournette tell you he's got to catch that ball? Also, yes. So I don't fault Brady Brady a ton. I just can't believe how good he looks going on this many seasons. All right, next game. Browns and Chiefs. My takeaway from this one I want to talk about was this was the preview of the AFC Championship game to me. 
I, I thought these are the, clearly the two best teams in the AFC overall through the weekend like that. I was so impressed with both of them. Let's start with the Browns because there's more to talk about with the Browns to me. Baker continues to just over the progression we saw from the first game of last season to that playoff win over the Steelers. And I mean, he even he played really I thought he just played continued to play really well as last season wore on. Picks it off right. Picks it up right here going 21 for 28, 321 yards. Ends up throwing the one interception. Yeah, I know there's no touchdown passes there, but. He consistently moved this team down the field the entire game to get him in those short yard situations. He converted big third down after big third down, and he does a really good job just spreading the ball around to his guys. I mean, he gets all of his tight ends involved, and they do have the best tight end trio. I guess the Buccaneers, maybe the Buccaneers have the best tight end trio. I'll give Cameron Bray, O.J. Howard still potential, but David Njoku, Austin Hooper, and Harrison Bryant is pretty nice if you ask me as well, but made big catches to Jarvis. Jarvis also had a really good game, and even guys like People Jones, every once in a while, they make their presence felt as well. Only one catches for four yards, but we know what a weapon he was last year. But so impressed with Baker. It's one of the best offensive lines in the in the league. Hopefully, Jedrick Wills is not out too long for them. And yeah, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt's about as good as you're going to get from a running back standpoint. So we know that offense is deadly. And I was really impressed with the defense as well. I thought Denzel Ward did a really good job. Yes, Tyree Kill still had a really good game, but I thought Denzel made a number of really nice plays on him and, and limited him about as much as you could. So the back end of that defense, I thought, played pretty well, too. When you're talking about guys like Greg Newsome and Greedy Williams, their high draft picks from a couple years, from the past two years, and Newsome being their one from this year. Also another guy, John Johnson, the free agent acquisition coming over for the Rams. I thought he looked good, made a number of nice plays for them. And one of the surprises for me was Malik Jackson. I thought he was very active from a pass rush standpoint, and he's a nice addition for this team. Clowney looked good. It's the first time we've seen him in almost a year after the injury he suffered with Tennessee. And I mean, what is there to say about Miles Garrett? I mean, he's going for defensive player of the year this year, comes out right away, ends up with only the one sack, but gave Orlando Brown one of the worst games that he's ever played. The Chiefs left tackle just did not have a good day at all. And that's because of the terror that Miles Garrett is off the edge. So love this Browns team. Kevin Stefanski is a fantastic coach. Really quick on the Chiefs. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is incredible. We saw the three three touchdowns he had, especially the one to Tyree Kill where he was rolling up to the right, throws it across his body, across the field, back to Hill pretty much. It was just incredible. I mean, Hill had the quietest 197-yard game I think I've seen in a long time. We know Kelsey's there for big third downs. I thought Clyde looked pretty well, pretty good as well, which is an encouraging sign for them. And I'm interested to see they have a guy in Jarrett McKinnon who I'm really interested to see how they get him more involved in the offense as the season goes on. And even though they didn't have the best game because they did allow some pressure in Mahomes' face, I still liked what I saw of the offensive line. I think Creed Humphrey, Trey Turner are going to be really good additions to that team at that center for Humphrey and the right guard spot for Turner. And we know Drew Thune and and Orlando Brown are lights out on that other side. Chris Jones also is, man, this Chiefs defense is not great, but Chris Jones looks so good in this game. He had two sacks, two tackles for for loss as well, and I just always come away so impressed by him. I think he is the second-best defensive tackle in the league, truly, behind Aaron Donald. He is a great player, and hopefully Frank Clark can get back for this team soon because they definitely need his presence in there as well. All right, third takeaway. The Cardinals are ready to compete in the loaded NFC West. The Cardinals traveled almost across the state to go play the Titans. The Titans' offense that everyone's all excited about and we're all interested to see how they're going to do, and they absolutely whooped them, 38-13. to And why were they able to whoop them? Because they got their star pass rusher back in Chandler Jones. Yeah, J.J. Watt was there, and he was nice. He made a couple of plays in the run game and did get a one-quarterback hit, so credit to him. But the star, I mean, Chandler Jones, five sacks, 
He had ended up with six QB hits for the game. He was working Taylor Luan, who was one of the better left tackles in the NFL before his injury a season ago. We'll see if he's able to keep that. This game was not an encouraging sign on that one. But Jones is just a menace off the edge, torching everyone. He has some of the best bend you'll see at any defensive end in the league. His hands are also incredible. He's able to smack tackles, offensive tackles, arms away with ease. I was so impressed with Chandler Jones. He's a true terror off the edge. And they got a scary def- defensive tandem between him and Watt in that front seven. But even guys like Isaiah Isaiah Simmons, David Collins, I thought looked all right for them too. Just encouraging signs. And we know how good Buda Baker is. And Before I jump off this defense, how good was Byron Murphy against Julio Jones? There were so many times he was tasked with guarding Julio. And he gave, Julio ended up with only three catches for 29 yards. And I think a lot of that is a huge credit to Byron Murphy. And we know that Julio was a little frustrated by his lack of performance as well as he did something that made Mike Rabel not very happy at all. Shifting to the offensive side of the ball for this Cardinals team. I mean, Kyler is just incredible at the quarterback position, obviously. I mean, he ended up rushing for, he only had five carries for 20 yards, but he is just so incredible with his legs. The amount of time he's able to buy in the pocket is truly something miraculous. And the plays he just makes with that incredible arm he has. Just He's not the biggest guy, so you don't think he has a great arm. But he really did air it out. Of course, Hopkins had a great day. Encouraging to see Rondell Moore make some nice plays as well. A.J. Green flashed a little. But I was most surprised and encouraged, and I would be if I'm a Cardinals fan, about Christian Kirk's five catches for 70 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, Christian Kirk was a guy who it felt like they was going to get possibly phased out a little bit and he looks hungry for that wide receiver three role he's got the competition in Rondell Moore so this team legitimately has four receivers on the outside and one of the guys who's going to be up for MVP this year and Kyler Murray with the incredible stats he's going to put up so I'm really impressed by the Cardinals I'm just going to throw in I'm not ready to jump off the the Titans yet I still think there's a lot of time a lot of season left but very interested to see how they respond these next two weeks after such a lackluster performance in week one where Derrick Henry and the rest of this offense was really held in check Next takeaway, a playoff charge? I'm talking about the Chargers. I really think this team's destined for the postseason this year. And after their big win over Washington 20-16, to I feel even more solid about that. And yes, I know that Taylor Heineke had to come in and play most of the game. But I mean, we know Heineke's a quality backup. And the biggest thing for me is, just in general, you, you're the Chargers with young Justin Herbert in his second year. You got a quarterback his second year, just said. Left tackle in Rashawn Slater in his first ever NFL game going against Chase Young. And you travel, travel across the country to play top five defense in the NFL with one of the three best defensive lines. And you win that game, uh, even with a backup quarterback. That's just incredible, I think. And I to credit to this team and also their head coach, Brandon Staley, for the former Rams DC, now Charger head coach, having this team prepared. And where I want to start, honestly, is with Slater. I thought Slater was incredible. But we saw both rookie left tackles this week in Panay Sewell and Rashawn Slater really do their job. Sewell did a great job on Bosa in the Lions 49ers game, and I thought Slater did an unbelievable job on Chase Young in the pass game and in the in the run game. He is an incredible left tackle. There were some concerns with him. Some people thought he would be a guard in the NFL. He put that to bed pretty quickly with the performance he had, really protecting Herbert's blindside. That's going to be a nice combination for a long time to come. And speaking of combinations, how about Herbert to Keenan Allen? That was really clicking on display. Nine catches for 100 yards, and it felt like every one of those catches was a really big-time catch in a big moment. I really, there's chemistry starting to come through as well. And Keenan's one of the best route runners in the league, always to get open and make those timey plays. And Herbert is an incredible talent at the quarterback. Everyone seems to realize it. He's been in a ton of commercials already, so you know people are getting attracted to the star power that is Justin Herbert. 337 yards for a touchdown as well. And 
he just continued to move the ball against a really good defense, and I was really impressed by him. Also, Mike Williams for eight, eight catches for 82 yards. That's another guy that's just going to continue to grow and come on strong, and he's the candidate who could easily go over 1,000 yards this year and have a breakout season and become one of those top 20 receiver seasons if he could just stay healthy. Shifting the defensive side of the ball, what I really like about this team is, is two guys in particular. It's Joey Bosa and it's Darwin James. We'll start, let's start with James because he's the guy who missed all of last season and then comes back healthy and plays last night. And What a big addition he is to this team. The last time he, had play, he played a full healthy season, this team made the postseason. Now he's back this year, and I think they're going to do it again in large part because of his versatility from the safety spot. He can cover. He can play inside the box. We all remember that famous game from his rookie season when he played inside linebacker for the entire game and helped shut down and contain Lamar Jackson. He still has that ability, and he is one of the best safeties in the NFL when healthy. And Bosa is one of the best edge guys in the NFL when he's healthy, too. Only the one sack, but he made he continually collapsed the pocket. He's another guy like Jones. who He's not the, as good of an athlete, and I don't know if he has necessarily as good a bend as Jones. But I think Joey Bosa has the best hands in the league in terms of hand fighting. The way he is able to dip and rip and get around offensive tackles. He is so crafty, and he, it's just a nightmare trying to go against him all week long. Also encouraging, if you're a, Cardinals, if you're a Chargers fan, excuse me, to see Kenneth Murray get those nine, nine total tackles for the game, five solo. He's continuing to come into his own. The center piece of this defense at that inside linebacker spot. And he played well. And I, I just think you've got to be really excited if you're a Chargers fan that this team went out and was able to win this game as well and for the Washington football team it's going to be tough for them without their starting quarterback but I think that defense is still going to give them a chance to win this division because it truly is an intimidating and tough defense for teams to contend with moving on the Steelers aren't washed yet how about the Steelers a 23 to 16 win over the Buffalo Bills yes I know it took a blocked punt late and the offense always didn't look fantastic but you continue to see the flashes and the moments from their talented receivers. Juju made some nice plays, and the key guys in Claypool and Johnson, the guys with all the potential in the world that just continue to make these spectacular highlight catches a game, they were able to get it done a few times, providing those incredible sparks. And I think over the course of this senior, I talked about it with Baker, how he got over the, better over the course of last season. I think those are two guys who are just only going to continue to get better, and it's going to be huge for this offense if they're able to do that. Also nice to see Najee get out there. Yes, they packed the box and made it tough on him, only 16 carries for 45 yards, but this is also a little bit of a young Steelers offensive line, so I can't be too shocked that they had some difficulty running on it, even though Buffalo doesn't have the strongest front seven but this was just a gutsy win Ben looked really good he looked the same he did as last year which is with all the retirement talk and the way things ended last year I don't know if that was expected we'll see if he's able to keep it up over the course of the season but week one was definitely a success for Big Ben and of course we got to talk about that defense you got guys in Cam Hayward I don't always love pro football focus there's actually a really good quote from Patrick Peterson talking about how they negatively graded his plays because they don't understand what the Viking system is that I'd recommend listening to if you guys have a chance but talking about one thing that I did agree with with pro football focus on was that Cameron Hayward is it was incredible he was the highest graded player in week one from pro football focus and he had one sack we saw the tackle for loss also batted two passes the four tackles he's the captain and one of the leaders of this defense and he played big time and speaking of playing big how about T.J. Watt? Started the season off strong with two sacks right away. Was a menace off the edge. Gave Cody Ford the Bills' right tackle absolute nightmares all night long. And he really is one of the best defensive players in the league, too. Between Miles Garrett and T.J. Watt, I feel bad for offensive tackles that play, especially right tackles and just, uh, just tackles in general that play in the AFC North because you got to deal with these guys. Melvin Ingram also looked, looked nice, too, I thought. So 
This defense is terrifying. They are loaded top to bottom. We know what Minka and Devin Bush can do. Both of those guys finish with 10-plus tackles in the game. And Yeah, I think the Steelers are here to stay, and I think with, we're going to talk about the Ravens here in a little bit and some of the things going on with them. I think the Steelers are a really good position to finish second in the division. I think the Browns are the best team, as I mentioned, but I really like what the Steelers have going on right now, and I think things look really good if you're a Pittsburgh fan. Hope you just got to hope you're not going to go undefeated for the first eight, eleven games like you did last season, but got to be encouraged by what you saw in that Week One performance. Next game, Packers Saints. Going to that one because my gosh, did the Saints eat a W in this one? How good was Jameis Winston? 14 for 20, 148 yards. Had the five touchdowns, zero interceptions. The one he threw was taken off the board. Was it kind of a bull crap pass interference? Uh, not pass interference, sorry. Uh, unnecessary roughness, roughing the quarterback call. Yes, it was, a, it was a not a good flag that Zadarius Smith got, but either way, took the interception off the board. And he still threw five touchdowns and only on 14 attempts. He was really efficient. He aired it out. And this is a guy, too, who's not exactly playing with the best receiver talent in the NFL. Yes, we know Kamara is a top three, top five running back, but I mean, Deontay Harris is all right. Juwan Johnson is a former Oregon receiver. They converted to tight end. Adam Trotman, the tight end out of Dayton, he's all right. And then you got guys like Marquez Callaway. Chris Hogan is still somehow in the league. Like, I. The average NFL, even a lot of diehard NFL fans don't know the name of these guys with Michael Thomas and Traquan Smith out there, one and two receivers. So credit to these guys for stepping up. All the credit in the world to Sean Payton as well. He's just an offensive genius, as we know. And give credit, too, for, to the Saints for be, having an effect running the ball as well. You get Kamara had 20 carries. I've been begging for a while for them to give him more carries. I think it was long overdue. He had 83 yards. Even Tony Jones Jr. had 50 yards on his 11 carries. So I just really think it's encouraging that you're starting to see this group step up for the Saints, the running back room. And they have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, bookends by what is probably the best tackle duo in the NFL between Ryan Ramchick at right tackle. Then at left tackle, you have Teron Armstead. So I was so impressed by the Saints offense. The Saints defense, we know, we saw get after it, forcing two interceptions out of Aaron Rodgers. They played Rodgers, just the Packers offense in general. I'm not right. I think it was just week one. We'll see how it goes. Maybe they took for granted a little bit having to play the Saints without without Drew Brees. I don't know why they did. I don't even know why the NFL took the Saints for granted because you could see Brees' limitations. So it's not that hard to believe that Jameis Winston this year can be better than Drew Brees was last year. That's not saying that much at all. So, But I'm, I'm not ready to jump off the Packers. I think they're I think they're going to be fine. I still think they're going to win the NFC North. They're too talented of a team, although their defense really got diced up each one, week one, which is definitely concerning. Shout out to Marshawn Lattimore, too, who absolutely got the bag after his impressive performance in the first week. And we know he's a strong, he's a really good player, and we know what Cameron Jordan brings as well to this defense. Didn't get that sack, but he did get after the quarterback with two quarterback hits. And yeah, Houdat Nation is still strong, and this Saints team looks nice. Paulson Adebo grabbing an interception in his first NFL game was another really encouraging sign. I, I really like the Saints team. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't, they're not going to win the division. The Bucs are going to win the division, but you got to be encouraged if you're a Saints fan. All right, second to last one here. Burrow's back, baby. I could not believe how good Joe Burrow looked in week one. And yes, the Minnesota defense has its issues. Brashad Breland especially did not look very good at all. But Burrow was under pressure a lot of times in this game. He got, I mean, he got sacked five times. And he stepped up and made a lot of big throws. He moved the ball for this offense when it mattered most. He really connected with his former college teammate, Jamar Chase. Five catches for 101 yards. A lot of talk was made throughout the week of his lack of hands and in chase and how he was struggling to catch the ball. And T Higgins continues to be nice, of course, with four catches, 58 yards and touchdown. And Tyler Boyd might be the most underrated receiver in the NFL. He's had a couple years, seasons now where he's gone over a thousand yards and he never gets talked about. Only had three catches for 32 yards in this game, but 
Still, I was just so impressed with Joe Burrow under duress all game long, stepping up, making plays, making the throws. And this Bengals team, they're not going to win. They're not going to win much this year. I mean, their division is loaded, and they beat a Vikings team that committed an insane amount of penalties. So I think that helped as well. And we'll see how good the Vikings end up end up being as well. So the Vikings ended up with 12 penalties for 116 yards. So in a lot of way, and if you've, so in a lot of ways, gift in the game. And if you even want to go to the end of the game, there was the very questionable fumble call on Dalvin Cook, where a lot of angles looked like he was down, but still got to give credit to this Bengals team and credit to Joe Burrow for just coming back in the swagger he plays with the toughness. Cincinnati is going to be really good real soon. I just don't think it'll be this year because of their division, but man, exciting times if you're a Bengals fan for sure. And my last big takeaway from the week was the Raiders won that game. The Raiders won a really tight, close game with crazy things happening. The one they always seem to lose these last few years. Ever since that one season when they won all these tightly close contested games and Michael Crabtree, Derek Carr, Amari Cooper, Khalil Mack, everything was happy, everything was great. Carr was an MVP candidate, then things go into the tank. They end up having to fire Jack Del Rio and then they hire Gruden not long after and it's just, it's been crazy ever since, but... Yeah, they they finally looked to be putting it together. I could not believe they were able to etch this game out because, as I said, this always feels like the games they used to lose in years past. But credit to Derek Carr, who at times is very shaky. He, he misses guys. I think he targets Waller a little too much. Waller ended up with 19 targets in just this game, 105 yards as well. So Ken catches 105 yards. Credit to Waller, but... You know, when Carr, when it mattered most, when the Ravens drove down, they kicked the late field goal to take the lead. Carr drove him, got him in field position, and then he made the game-winning throw in overtime. He got him in position on the one-yard line, and they even should have won the game the first time. He threw a ball to Willie Sneed that went right through his hands. Opportunity for Sneed, too, to beat his former team. He was on the, he was on the Ravens for the past two years, got a chance to get the walk-off victory, unable to haul it in right there. I don't put that on Carr, so give credit to Carr. He's tough. He's a really good leader. No, he's not a top-ten quarterback. He's probably somewhere in between 15 and 10, but he made the plays in the end to help them win this game. And I think that was huge. Also, I think, I don't know why Josh Jacobs doesn't get more carries. Why why is Kenyon Drake getting six carries? Kenyon Drake, a fine quarterback, a backup quarterback, getting such a limited amount of carries when you have a guy in Josh Jacobs, who's one of the 10 best running backs in the league. And that's just something that frustrates me. He he got those two, he got two touchdowns, was able to find his way in the end zone, but I do think they have to involve him more. They were missing a few starters up front along the offensive line. So another impressive win for this team battling against that Ravens team. When we're looking at this Raiders defense, I think the biggest thing for me was they act, they finally have a pass rush. That's been a thing for a few years. Yes, Max Crosby has been all right, but he hasn't always been a consistent pressure off the edge. And this game was one of the best games he's ever played. He had the two sacks, had two tackles for loss as well, five quarterback hits in total. He was working and Andrew Villanueva, the former Steelers left tackle, now right tackle. Villanueva is very much washed now, but give credit to Crosby for getting after it. Also, Yannick Ngakwe looks like a home run of a free agent signing for this team. He's a guy who gets who we know has gotten pressure. Another revenge game for him as he was a Raven for half the year last year after starting the season in Minnesota. I really think it's big for the Raiders to say they got a pass rush now. Guys like Jonathan Abram being healthy are huge with his 10 tackles. and I think this Raiders team could really finish second and have a really good shot at the playoffs. I like the Chargers, so I think the Chargers are going to do it, but... I just felt like this was a really good sign for the Raiders that they were able to turn the corner and win a close, tightly contested game. And really quick before I go to my final takeaway, I just want to bring something up about the Ravens. This is every year in the NFL, teams make the playoffs. Obviously, teams make the playoffs and teams miss the playoffs. And there's always a few new teams, a few teams fall out for whatever reasons. And 
Some years it's just not your year. I do not think this is the year of the Ravens. The first reason is obviously all the injuries that piled up. You lose three, you're using your three running backs in camp, which is just insane, unheard of. And now they have all these older backs they're going to hope are going to work in Latavius Murray, Devontae Freeman, and LaVon Bell. Bell and Freeman weren't active, but we'll see how those guys factor into things. And even the offensive line along there, they've lost a couple of guys up front, losing Orlando Brown for Villanueva. Looks like a definite downgrade for this team. That defense is getting a little bit older on that side of the ball as well. And I, I, don't, I don't place almost any of the blame on Lamar. Yes, he had late. You can definitely fault Lamar. The horrendous fumble he had, he, he can't, just can't have that happen at that close in that situation of a tightly contested game like that. But if I'm a, if I'm a Raiders fan, I'm just concerned because the injuries, the, game, the way the luck played out in that game, I just don't think it's going to be the the Ravens season, unfortunately. And with it, as good as the division is, I think they're just going to drop a few games this year. And it'll be interesting to see how they navigate those changes going forward, because I just think there's a couple positions they need to get younger at and a little bit better. And obviously JK Dobbins was destined for a breakout season and just ends up getting hurt, which is a tough break blow for this team. Obviously other teams throughout the NFL made statement wins, made statement plays, but these were the eight takeaways that took out for me. I did not talk about Matthew Stafford and the Rams, but keep an eye out on KU for that blog coming out. I'm going to write a thing on Stafford and the Rams and why I think Stafford is under a ton of pressure this season where I'm going to, of course, reference and discuss their win over the Bears. So please keep an eye out for that. But last thing I got to talk about before I get out of here. Every week after I've done my takeaways, I want to give out a game ball. Game ball to a team or a player that I think really stepped up or made plays and made something happen or honestly just proved me wrong. And that's what this week's is going to be. This is a team proved me wrong. I did not think this team would win a game in the NFL this season. This team was one of the biggest circuses in the offseason. They've brought in all these older veteran players. Their quarterback is wants to trade. He's dealing with all these allegations. There's no way they can play him. So they bring in the definition of a backup quarterback in Tyrod Taylor, a guy who's not who's just at this point, that's all he is. And was even when he was a starter, it was always like you're looking to replace him. So I thought that this team was going to get smoked. You get a new team in Jacksonville with a new head coach, new quarterback, I thought would come and fire it up. And the Texans said, nah, we're not losing this game. And they won 37 to 21, picking off Lawrence three times. So game ball to this Texans team, filled with littered with older players, as I mentioned, guys like Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, who have been cast away, cast aside, even Brandon Cooks in some ways. The the way the trade was, the, it feels like he was just kind of forgotten in Houston last year. He has 136 yards. And the king of all the castaways in that this group I'm talking about is Tyrod Taylor, a guy who was the Chargers starter quarterback, gets that shot in the shoulder that went wrong, and he miss, ends up missing, losing his starting job and missing a lot of games because Herbert took off. And I was happy that he got to go out there, throw for 291 yards and two touchdowns, and made a number of really nice, incredible throws as well. So credit to the Texans for proving me wrong. Wrong, man, I really did not think they would they would lose a game. All they would, I didn't think they'd win a game all season. I thought they would go 0 and 16, and right away they put that to bed. So credit and game ball goes to the Houston Texans for their big time Week One victory. I still expect them to be the, in the top three of the draft, but Jacksonville might be right there next to them if their if their head coach stays there and doesn't go to UFC, of course, as I'm sure everyone's been monitoring the urban rumors. But that's going to do it for this show today, guys. Thank you so much as always for listening. We'll be back very soon on another edition of From the Stands. Signing off.